All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to worship, we're going to talk about worshiping God in your devotions tonight, which is a very important aspect of, of our worship of God. And so I want to kind of speak a little bit about that. And I read a story about a little boy named Little Johnny. How many people do not like Little Johnny stories? They all end up being kind of funny. But So Little Johnny, you know, he wanted a watch so badly that he wearied his whole family with him begging for this watch. He kept every day telling his mom and dad, I want this watch, I want a watch. Kind of reminds me of my kids. And so his father promised him a watch when he got a little bit older. He thought that if he told Johnny that he would get a watch when he was older, that he would stop asking for one. And so he told little Johnny, he said, please do not bring up the topic of a watch anymore. And so the next week during their devotions, in which they all took turns in reading from the Bible, little Johnny grabbed his little New King James Version Bible, and he opened it up to Mark 13, 37. And he read, And what I say unto you, I say unto all, Watch! So this is a boy that really believed in the power of daily devotions. And so a devotional life is the lifeline of Christian spirituality. And I believe that every Christian should have a consistent time alone with God every single day. So when I say a word to you, kind of think in your head what you think about. And so if I say the word devotion, what do you think about? You probably think about, you know, devotion to your family or devotion to this or that. But if I get a little more specific and I say daily devotion, it kind of switches our brain and we kind of think of other things, I think. And so for me, I know that, you know, probably many of you when I say something about daily devotions, you think about the different daily devotions that are available to us. And one of them that we have here at our church, which is great, and I don't know if anybody ever picks it up, but it's Our Daily Bread. This is a great resource to um, you know, help you with your Bible study, and it's free, and you can get it in the back. And, but we also see many, I, I know when, when I used to go to Christian bookstores all the time, I would just be walking through, and they had a whole section on Christian book devotionals. And you can do daily devotions for the year. And so when I was in my office, when I was writing this sermon, I figured I would Google daily devotion. And it didn't even get me that far because all I put in Google was daily devotion. And then it started auto-adding all this stuff. So it said, Daily devotions for women, daily devotions for men, daily devotions for kids, for teens, for teachers, daily devotion apps. You get my point. There's a lot of daily devotions, and you don't have to put that in there, you know, what you want. But there's a lot of daily devotions that we have out there that we can pick and choose from. And so when I looked for a definition, here's what I got from looking for it. It said, daily devotions are publications which provide a specific spiritual reading for each calendar day 
or to develop a purposeful daily devotional plan, simply follow these easy step-by-step guides with a solid foundation, you can grow strong in the faith. So I think those are both very good devo- or definitions of a daily devotion. But I think that having daily devotions, whether it's in your personal devotions, your family devotions, or corporate devotions, it is a crucial aspect of a Christian's life. And I think that's why there's so many out there, because a lot of people know that it's a necessity in our daily life. And so one thing I read recently that stuck in my mind is that a devotional is not designed to change your mind. It's meant to change your heart. And I thought that was really good. It's not there to change your mind. It's there to change your heart. And having a clear understanding of God's word is very important. And so along with our Bible reading, our daily devotions are meant to help us understand God's word more clearly And many of them give us practical information to live out what the Bible says. So if everybody can stand, we're going to stand for the Word of God. And this is from Psalm 5. It says, O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for my help, my King and my God. For I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. O God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers, Because of your unfailing love, I can enter into your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord, You surround them with your shield of love. Lord God, we just thank you for this night to be together, to worship you, Lord, and to to hear your word and to study your word, Lord. And I just pray that we'll all just come out of here um, just with a new desire to continue to just read your word daily, Lord, and understand what you're saying to us, Father. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. So I love reading this psalm, and I think that if more of us would cry out to a merciful God who wants to hear from us, 
and desire a relationship like we see David having. He's earnestly seeking after God instead of what we see around us. And we could see a change in our life just like the one in David's life. And the Psalms are a wonderful source of, for encouragement for us. And I know that many of the Bible in the year plans encourage us to read Psalms and Proverbs through many times, and I think that's a great idea. Because the more that we read Psalms and Proverbs, we're able to apply our lives better. I know that when times get a little bad for us and we're facing some struggles, it's always helpful to read the Psalms because they're valuable to us. And sometimes, like David, we just need to cry out to God in prayer for hope and for peace. I don't know if anyone else has done this, but there's several psalms that I go to a lot. And there's a lot of psalms that I go to and I just read them over and over again for different reasons. And when I'm reading them, they help me out a lot. So here in Psalm 5, right away we see that David is crying out to the Lord. This is David crying out in utter exhaustion for the Lord to hear him. Have you ever been at that place when you're just crying out in utter exhaustion to the Lord to help you? How many times have you sat there and said, Lord, hear me as I pray? I think we've all done that at some point in our life. And again, we can be comforted in knowing that he does hear us when we pray. And he is a faithful and a loving God. And so after that, David then follows this cry to God by referring to him as his king and his God. And so here David is acknowledging that God is the one and only true king of Israel. And he's saying that all the other earthly, all the other earthly kings, including himself, are nothing compared to God. And so the verse I kind of want to go to right now is that one in verse 3 that we see. And in verse 3, we see that there's a little insight. He gives us a little insight into his devotions. And so we see from this psalm how important a set schedule is for David to spend time with God. It was very important for him to spend that time alone with God. And David is asking God to listen to his prayers and to hear his groaning or his meditation, as it says in some other uh, Bible verses. And he says that every morning he brings his request to God. And so this is the very first thing that David does when he gets up. He brings his request to God and he goes to God in prayer and meditation. By David saying this, he's saying that he has a set time where he prays and gives daily devotion to God. And so I know many people probably aren't like me. I'm not a morning person at all. And it says that David went to him in the morning. But what I want to say is that even if you're not a morning person, the time is not what's important here. It is the daily prayer and devotion, that's the important part of this. 
The key is to pick a time of the day when you can sit down quietly with your Bible or a good biblical devotion and be in the presence of God. And just be in the presence of God and just worship him and love him and pray and meditate on his word. A second truth that we see in this psalm is that David has a regular planned devotion. So once you figure out the best time of day that you're able to be alone and quiet with the Lord, make sure you do the best you can to keep that daily regular devotion time because it's vital for us to have that regular devotion time and spend that time with God. So once we've found out in our day of life, morning, afternoon, evening, late night, just keep doing that. That way it becomes a regular repetition for you and you can always have that time to spend with God. But the most important part about this is that we are spending time in God's word. That's what's important. That we're daily spending time seeking the Lord and spending time in his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I love that Bible verse. The word of God is alive and it is powerful. And we all need that bread of life. And the way that we get to know God better is through his word. God has revealed himself to us in his word. And the more that we study, the more we can have that intimate relationship with him. And so where I work now, I get, every single day, I get so many books sent to me. And people wanted to do interviews on the show. And so a lot of the books I get are daily devotional books. And we don't normally do that, but I'll look through them, and some are pretty good. But sadly, many of them are not very good. And so I think that we have to be very careful when we choose a daily devotion and make sure that it's a biblical, a solid biblical book to read. And so because of my job, I do get asked by a lot of people who know what I do, what are the best devotionals for my personal devotions or what should I look for in a devotional? And my first answer I give them all the time is, the best devotional you can ever have is the Bible. That's the number one devotional you can have. There's so many great ways to use your Bible as a daily devotion. You can read through the Psalms. You can take your time and go into Genesis and read about the creation that God has provided for us and everything that, that he's done. You can go into the Gospels and you can read about Jesus' life. You can also learn about the early church in the book of Acts. You can go through the epistles of Paul. There's so much in the Bible that while you're doing your devotions, you can take each part and just do your devotions that way and just read through it. And so much of it is just, there's so much in the Bible that we have plenty of material to read 
to get us through today. And we can learn about God and his promises and his plan of redemption. And so I read a quote from someone that said, the gospel brings man to God, but devotions keep him close to God. And I think that's so true, because once we hear and we respond to the gospel, it's very important for us to stay in his word. And it's through our daily devotions that we seek a closer relationship with God, and then we can draw closer to him. We can understand more about him. We'll obey his commands, and we can hold on to his promises. So we need to read our Bible daily. And in James 1, or Joshua 1, 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So right here we're learning that we are to meditate on God's word daily, day and night, have it in our heart, have it in our head, and do all that is written in it so that we can be prosperous and have good success. So another, uh, I think that it's also important that we spend time with God in our personal devotions. And in Mark 1.35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And so we see here how important it was for Jesus to go alone and to pray. He took time to pray by himself. And I know that sometimes it's not easy. I mean, we, we live a busy life. My life isn't that busy. I have four young kids. Actually, it's easy this week because all three of the girls are gone. So it's just Daniel. But we live a busy life. All of us do. We all have something going on, and it gets so busy. And so sometimes in our busy lives, it's so hard for, for I know for me, to find time to be alone and in a quiet place. But we have to remember that prayer and our personal time with God, with no distraction, is vital to our Christian life. This is why we need to set a daily schedule and make it a daily routine to be alone with God for prayer and devotion. And like I said, some people are good at getting up early in the morning and setting that time aside. Other times, people find out that in the afternoon is better or in the evening. But whatever the case is, we have to find that time that's best for us, and we need to do it daily. I like to get to work about 20 minutes early. And usually what I do is I'll go in and I'll get a nice cup of black coffee, and I'll set it on my desk. I close my door of my office, and then that's when I spend time with the Lord. Whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's doing a devotion, whether it's praying, but that's when I have my time right there before all the craziness people start coming in, 
and there's no distractions, and that's my best time, and I do it every single day when I'm at work. And we also see so many great men of God in the Bible who are noted for spending time with God. In Genesis 24, 63, we read about Isaac meditating in the field in the evening. Or we read in Psalm 55, 17 and Psalm 63, 6, we read about David who prayed three times daily and he meditated in his bed at night. So there's no bad time to spend time with God. There's no bad time at all. We also know that when we spend time alone with God in our personal devotions, it's when we're able to draw near to God. In James 4.8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is a wonderful promise that we have. God draws nears to those who draw near to him. And in order for us to truly know God, we have to put in a little bit of effort. And when we meet people, we want to establish a relationship with them. We put effort into that relationship to get to know them better. How many times have you met somebody and you want to get to know that person better? So you go for coffee or you go for breakfast or you go for lunch or you invite the family to the house. That's all establishing a relationship with somebody. And so drawing near to God means that we're spending time with him. We are worshiping him, we're praying, and we're talking to him daily. And we're inviting him into every aspect of our life. When we take time for our personal daily devotions, we also receive spiritual nourishment. Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need spiritual nourishment in our lives. Just like we need physical food for our bodies to survive, we also need spiritual food that will nourish our souls. And God's word provides that spiritual strength. And staying rooted in his word helps us fight those spiritual battles. How many times have you been going through something in life and you open up the Bible? And I'm not saying it's going to calm you right away, but how many times do you get calm and you start praying and you start crying out to God? It helps us in our spiritual battles. And so what's the best way to have your personal devotions? It's like I said, find a time and a place that's best for you. Every one of us is different, so we all need to figure out the best time of the day for us to be able to be quiet, sit down, no worldly, worldly distractions, and be completely alone with God. And I think the key to that is to start developing a habit. When you start developing a habit, that's a good habit to have. A good habit is to continually want to re read the Word of God and worship God in our devotions. And that way, once we have that habit of doing that, we know exactly when and where we will be able to sit and quietly read and study God's Word. We also cannot forget to pray and praise God while we're doing our devotions. 
when we read our Bible or when we have a good, solid, biblical devotion that we're reading, make sure you always start by praying. Thank God for all the blessings that he's given to you. Thank him for you being able to read and study his word to get to know him better. Also, remember those who you're praying for, both in your personal life, in our church family, all those that we've been praying for. It's always important for us to intercede for other people as we pray. And praise God with a song, even if you're singing impaired like I am. I was joking around tonight, and I said, do you want me to sing? And Christy turned around and said, no, because she knows I'm singing impaired. That's why I play the drums. But God doesn't care. He just wants us to worship him. He wants us to be with him. He wants that relationship with us. And when we worship him, it's a natural response to the joy that we have in our heart. Isn't it easy for us to worship God when we have that joy in our heart from him? It's easy. Personal devotions are very important to do it daily and to worship God while you're doing it. We should also spend time with God in group devotions. Acts 2.42 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, sorry, that's Hebrews, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That's Hebrews 10.24-25. to I don't know if it's up there or not. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> and then in Acts 2.42, it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So these two verses are very important in showing us that not only are we to have our own personal devotion time with God, but we're also to have group devotions, which is a little bit different than our daily devotions. So in these verses, we see that many um, in God's, we see that in God's word, we see the importance of supporting one another within the body of Christ. There's an importance placed on spending time in God's word and meditating on his word but we're also not supposed to neglect spending time in God's word with fellow believers in Christ. I know many times we get people that tell us, man, you guys are always at church. You're at church on Wednesday night. You're at church on Sunday. Always at church. Every time something's going on, you guys are at church. And I couldn't think of a better place to be than to spending time with fellow believers and just having that relationship with everybody. Because it seems today that many Christians don't put enough effort into spending time with other believers. And some people might think that church attendance is not very important to them. But as we see in the early church, we see that spending time with each other, breaking bread with each other, fellowshipping with each other, 
devoting themselves to the teachings of Christ together and praying together was very important to them. We see that all through Acts. Why? It's because they knew that they had a sinful past and without gathering together as Christ followers, it was so much easier for them to stumble and neglect reading God's word and studying it and meditating on it. There was a bond between them and when they would get, and when they gather, just like when we gather on Wednesdays and on Sundays and on Saturdays for prayer, we're formulating a bond and together we're able to grow spiritually. American Express Credit Card Company had an ad campaign slogan for 10 years from 1987 to 1996 called Membership Has Its Privileges. And so that was certainly true for American Express credit card holders. The company gave its members privileges, but what I want us to realize is that membership in the family of God has greater privileges than any credit card company or any other place could give you. The privileges of church membership and us gathering together is far greater than anything. The blessings of God for us through Jesus are so numerous and they're so wonderful. I don't even think I can list them all. And so Peter expressed some of these blessings and privileges in the beginning of his first letter when he wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. That's 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. So besides church attendance, how else can we get plugged in to spending time with other passionate followers of Christ for group devotions? I know I preached about this last time, but it's very important for us all to get into small groups. I've mentioned this before, and Woodland is very passionate about small groups. There's so many different small groups with all different types of people and all different types of small groups. And a lot of them go through devotions together, and they read the Bible together, and they have different devotionals. And these are very easy. If you don't know, if you're not involved in a small group, you can get these back there by the coffee shop. But it's very easy. It just tells you what type of group it is. It tells you who the leader is, how to get a hold of them, how often they meet, what time they meet, where they meet, contact numbers. It also has the number for the office. It has all the different information on here. So if you're looking for a small group, grab one of those because they're very important as well. And many times from the small group that my family and I are in, we take what we have studied in our small group and then we combine them sometimes with, I combine them with my personal devotions and I keep all the notes in my Bibles. 
That way, when I am going through the devotion, or if I am going through the Bible and we did a, stu- a group study on it, I'll have all the notes that I have from there that we did. And so these group devotions or this church attendance is obviously not what we would consider daily devotions because with church we meet once or twice a week. And many times in small groups, they meet every other week. But it's still important for us to do that because it's in small groups that we can ask each other questions that we may have about something maybe we read in our devotions. I've known I've done that several times where I have a devotion and if, you know, I'll kind of bring it to the group or bring it to some friends that I have here or whatever, and we'll talk about it. We can talk about what we learned in our daily devotions and we can help encourage each other in our small groups. So that's why they're very important to do small groups. And what we do in small groups and when we have that discussion, we can't do that on Sunday when pastor's speaking. I mean, I kind of laugh, but can you imagine right in the middle of pastor's message, somebody saying, "Eh, excuse me, pastor, but uh, can you clarify that for me for a minute? Or, hey, uh, pastor, can you uh, tell me what you meant by that? Or can you uh, reread that point that you just did? I mean, that's obviously not the time for that. But in small groups, we have that opportunity that if we do have a question, we can stop and we can ask and we can discuss it with the group. And so that's why it's a great way to do that. Um, in, in our small groups, we can see you know, real spiritual growth that happens because there's communication between us. And we have that freedom to speak and learn from each other. And then another good thing about being involved in a small group is you're able to develop deeper friendships. We can become close to our small group members and we can trust them. We can be transparent with them. We can be accountable to them. When we're struggling, we're able to come to our small group and they're able to listen to us and encourage us. We can be who we are in our small groups. And I know with our small group, every so often the men get out and we'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings or somewhere else and we'll just, you know, have fun. And uh, the women do the same thing. They get together, you know, on a Saturday night or something. And I think they just went kayaking together. So we can do that. We can live our lives and we can do life together. And then we also have that time when we can help each other when we're struggling and when we're going through rough times. And so another thing that we have here at Woodland that is great is Saturday prayer. I know sometimes it's hard for people to get to Saturday prayer. Sometimes it's hard for me to get to Saturday prayer just because we have a lot going on. But there's a lot of good things that happen at Saturday prayer. We pray for all of those in our congregation that are sick, that need prayer, that need help. We pray for our country. We pray for anybody that has those needs, and we pray over all the church, for anybody coming on Sunday. It's a great time. If you haven't come to Saturday prayer, come this Saturday. You won't be discouraged about it. So the importance of daily devotions is that, number one, it helps us grow spiritually. 
When we do daily devotions, we have that deep desire to grow spiritually, incorporate what we've read in our devotions. And daily devotions also encourage us to spend time in prayer. I remember that I went through a time in my life when I was not reading my Bible at all. I had no daily devotions whatsoever. And I didn't know it at the time, but I, I felt spiritually bankrupt. Have you ever felt like that when you, when you miss a time of reading the Bible or doing your daily devotions? You just feel, you know that you're missing something in your life. And that's how I felt. I still believed in God and everything. I still loved him, but I was not growing spiritually at all. And it was because I was not spending any time with God in his word or prayer. And so this will bring me to the next point, is that having daily devotions helps us get to know God better. God created us, all of us, to be in a relationship with him. But unfortunately, sin corrupted the world, and then sin separated us from him. And because sin separated us from him, and we know that God hates sin, but God hates being separated from us. He's never stopped wanting us to be in a relationship with him. And so the best way for us to continue that relationship with him and for us to get to know him better is to stay in his word and read the Bible daily. I keep saying good biblical daily devotions because I don't want to just say daily devotions. I want to make sure that when you're reading, when you're reading daily devotions that they're good biblical daily devotions. And when we have that, it will help us understand his word. I know I have several of them that, a lot of them give us better insight into some questions we might have about the Bible. So we can learn as much as we can about him and we can have that deepened relationship with him. I have a good devotion that I have on my bookshelf at work and it's right above my computer and it's um, one on Psalms. And I love it. I read it all the time. It's supposed to be a 30-day one or something, and I think I've exceeded that 30 days several times. But it's good because you can still, you can read it because there's a lot of times that we may read something in the Bible and we don't quite understand it. If we have a good devotion on that, we can read it and we can understand it better. And that's through our de- devotions, we can have deeper understanding of the Bible I know when I talk to some people about the Bible, I hear many things like, I just can't understand what the Bible says. The Bible's too hard for me to read. These are concerns many people have. And I think that when we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand what the Bible is saying, we're able to get that deeper understanding. But we can also use these good resources to help us understand what we're reading. And many of these will help us in, in harder passages of Scripture. And so a great story that I want to read, and I always go back to Acts because I love Acts. And how many of you remember in Acts 8 when Philip was sent to the Ethiopian eunuch? And so basically, Philip was sent to a road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza where he was to meet a eunuch from Ethiopia. And this eunuch, as we read in, the, in Acts 8, 
was a court official of the queen of the Ethiopians. And so he's riding in this chariot and he's reading the book of Isaiah. And he didn't understand what it was saying. He had no idea what he was reading. And so the Holy Spirit guided Philip to this man and Philip was able to explain the passage that he was reading and he explained to him that this was about Jesus. And he was able to use that opportunity to tell this man about Jesus. And the eunuch believed that, and he was baptized. And so this is a great story to show how other people, either in our readings of daily devotions or in our small groups, can help us understand the passages that may seem a little bit too hard to understand. I know that there was somebody that I know that was having a hard time reading the Bible, and they asked me if I had any good devotions, so I gave them uh, one of the devotions that I had got, and they came back to me and they said, thank you so much. I love this book. I love reading it. I read it every single day, and I go to the exact verse that that's on, or the passage of scripture that's on, and I read it, and I know what it's talking about. And one thing that I want to say is that we aren't to use devotions in place of our Bible. Now, I love to play the drums. I always have, and I probably always will. And I've been playing the drums for a very long time. And so I can sit there, and I can practice playing the drums every single day, and that's going to help me grow as a drummer. But that doesn't mean that I can't watch a YouTube video of somebody playing the drums or an instructional video of somebody playing drums. It's not wrong or unhelpful for me to do that as a drummer. Matter of fact, many of the times that we play some of these songs that we play on Sunday, I'll, after I write my notes down on them, I'll go to a YouTube channel and I'll look up how other people play this song or how other people play it's to help me. Not only with my, you know, I practice and then it helps me become a better drummer. And so in the same way, it's not wrong or unhelpful for us to read a good biblical daily devotion because it helps us get a deeper understanding of what the Bible says. And God not only uses good biblical pastors to help us understand God's word, but he also uses good biblical writers and he uses their, uses their gifts to help us understand and point us to the Bible to understand biblical truth. And so as I said, we're not to use devotions in place of the Bible, but they're supposed to be companions to our Bible study. Through our daily devotions, it can help us apply the word of God to our lives as well. If we do not apply God's word to our life, then it becomes nothing more than just a regular book. And Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 9, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. And so Paul was telling the Philippians that the worthy things of praise that they're learning from watching him, they should now put into practice not just watch him. And when we read and we study and meditate on God's word, we should be applying that to our lives. Understanding how the word of God is not enough. Understanding, how, understanding the word of God is not enough. We have to apply it as well. 
as James says in James 1.22, we're to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. And so when we think of the word application, it makes me think of like an action. And God has filled us with the Holy Spirit, and his spirit speaks to us. And he leads us and he guides us in all truth, and we walk by spirit. And so we hide his word in our hearts, and we obey the Holy Spirit. And so as we apply biblical truths to our daily lives, we can then discover that God creates in us a character of Christ and a desire to help change the world. So when we're worshiping God, we should be worshiping God in our devotions. We should be worshiping God in our prayer, in our daily lives. Lord God, I just thank you for this evening again, and and I just thank you for your word. And I just ask you to just be with everybody here, Lord, and I just pray that you'll continue to give us that desire to seek you, read your word, meditate, and cry out to you, Lord God, when we need you. And I pray for all those that we've been praying for who are sick. And I pray for all those that aren't here tonight, Lord, and whatever they're doing, Lord, I just pray that you just continue to keep them safe. And I just pray right now, Lord, for our country and all of our leaders, Lord, that they will turn to you, Father, and that they will love you and that they will apply your word in their lives, Lord. And I pray for Pastor and his family as they're coming back from their vacation, Lord. I just pray that they have safe travels. And I pray for all those that are going to be here on Sunday, Lord, that you'll open up their hearts, Father, to hear your word. And I pray for Pastor and his message, Lord God. And I pray all this in Jesus' name.